Welcome to Audio Bistro, episode 24. We got Alejandro, who also goes by Sand, right? Yes, sir. Out of Sand, my, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Out of Miami. And Alejandro, thank you so much for coming on. Um, thank you for having me, brother. Oh, Appreciate yeah. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Stoked to have you on. After I started listening to your music a bit, we were just talking about it. You had the recent release of, um, I think it was Demons Follow that was released on Future Base. Um, yes. Yeah. Was that your future, your first release on Future Base? First future bass release, uh, first signed track actually. Really? But it, yeah, first signed track. We actually signed it with. Um, I signed it with Presence Ryan from mm -hmm. uh, San Diego. We signed it like in February or something. Man, we wanted to release this thing a while ago, but uh, the label said it had kind of like a fall feel, and it, it kind of felt that way, like a heavy kind of like R.O. grind type of Halloweeny vibe to it. So mm -hmm. we were like, all right. October is the perfect time. No, that makes sense. And, uh, that, yeah. that makes sense. Yo, congrats on that. Um, I'm a big Future Base fan. That that channel, that you know, that everything that they put out, they put out some quality fucking tracks. So if you're getting your music released stuff. on there, that's a compliment. That's hats <laughs> off to you. So congrats on that. Um, you know, you obviously got a lot of other really cool tracks um, out there. I was I was listening to the Neo the Neo remix. We'll touch on that a little bit. Uh, a little bit later. Um, otherwise, you just released a new-ish track not too long ago, am I right? Not too long ago. Right before Demons Fall, I had a collab with uh, Lockbox mm -hmm. and Dear Evergreen, both out of L.A. And those guys those guys are sick. Mm -hmm. uh, we made the track Not Alone. Really sick. Yeah. Uh, that was that was a, a cool, tr very heavy, very wide. And I guess that kind of sets the stage <laughs> of, you know, your music, I guess. Let's get into it quick. You're, so you... Obviously, future bass type music, really wide synth, punchy, just heavy shit, yeah. man. Um, and when I was producing, that was kind of the stuff I love. I love searching and creating those big, wide, heavy synths. But when you're doing that, it kind of, as a producer, you would know, like, saving space and leaving room for other shit when you're trying to have these fucking big synths can be a challenge. It's the hardest part. It can be a challenge. Um, but you do it really well. You know, when I listen to your music... Um, some other guys who are really taken off, you know, I think of like Nerko a lot of your, your track kind of like you're familiar with Nerko's music, same kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. really wide. So that's kind of what I'm thinking of, um, when I hear your music and to just start on it right away, then when, when you're creating that, you know, those really wide synths, you got these loud, mm -hmm. big fucking things coming out that you really want the audience to hear, you know, what are you doing to make sure you get this, but you're also as a producer, how are you kind of strategizing that track as you're going along, you're making sure you're leaving the extra headroom, the space so you can get everything in and it's not just a clouded muddy mix. Dude, what, what you're talking about is like my daily struggle. It's fucking like, hard. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the struggle. Um, I mean, when I was coming up in music, I, my mentors would always be like, dude, this is a lot. This is like a, a wall of sound as they'd say. And I'm like, you're, you're not wrong. It's, it, and that's what Nurko's, you know, superpower is, is making like really big sense and somehow making, you know, 20, 30 voices sound like one coherent, you know, beautiful melody. So, yeah. uh, it definitely is a struggle. It takes a while, I think of, you know, nitpicking sounds and whatnot. And I've definitely got a little bit of a way to get to where I want it to be exactly. But, you know, with the, with the, tedious going in and whatnot and just hearing everything giving everything a space yeah. in the room is kind of the process and just hoping that something comes out of it man just do you mix and master around. do you mix and master your own stuff i do i do oh, so um, you really like putting hell on yourself yeah like it's 
But I think most producers, like, I don't know, we're kind of not selfish, but we're really picky with the way things Mm -hmm. sound. So it's like, I want to give it to a guy that I know is going to be, you know, a really good master or an audio mixing engineer. But at the same time, like, dude, what if he changes, like, the sound of my snare? That's, that's, those are fighting terms those, you yeah know those, I mean? they can't be doing that shit. that's just real <laughs> i can't be doing that shit i feel that I, i've been through that I, I actually he was one of my very first guests was his band author indie band but um their bass guy zach um when i lived in minnesota he was close on the road just an incredible audio engineer incredible uh you know and their band's awesome great at what yeah. he does um i always just had some weird thing like when he did my music sure a, this is the professional ear i should be listening to but for me it was like Oh, but I really, really, really fucking like this, and I I feel like right. it just kind of went away, or just like, um, you know, I'll listen to myself and just be really picky about like, oh, does it sound professional? Is it, is it loud enough? Like the classic, is it loud enough? Argument <laughs> I was having with myself all the time. Um, uh, so I feel like it's the a loudness tough, it's, war. Yeah, the loudness <laughs> war. It's a tough, it's a tough one, bitch. But like, I, I I get what you're saying, and props to you though for being the mixer, the master, because that's a whole other, that's a whole other world. Um, it is. It's a whole different, yeah, it's a whole different skill set, and I feel like it's not harder, per se, than than producing, but it just requires you to, I mean, if you think about it, like, you spend countless hours making a track, and then at the very end, you have to hear it, like, not unbiased, but from the ears of a listener, which is really tough once you've been listening to the same guitar melody, like, on repeat, just 40 times a day for for a couple months. (laughs) So, like... Yeah, yeah, you ear fatigue, you know. So like, I I like the idea of reaching out to other people, getting fellow producers, like people you trust to mix and master your stuff. I think is that's cool idea. You know, a little bit better. Yeah, people in your uh, in your genre and your style, because mm-hmm. that way you can get similar um, outputs to what the industry quality is. I yeah. guess, in a sense. So um, yeah, I don't know. I I wouldn't say mix and master your own stuff, but at the same time, you know. Learning along the way is definitely the just key. Like, maybe just, not right away. Like maybe yeah, just not like, right away. Yeah, maybe just chill on that right away. <laughs> like, yeah, outsource at the beginning, maybe just a little bit, and then and then you start, you know, working your way in. Exactly. Um, so you're also a DJ. Didn't really talk uh-huh. on that a lot, but you are a DJ. Um, uh, I I know you got a clip in your link tree to one of your, you know watch on set live. Um, kind of dabbling mm-hmm. that. You know, looks fun. Uh, looks like you know you. Got back into it more so recently, not too long. It seems like you had a break in DJing. Am I wrong? Maybe it was during COVID. You had a. You're not wrong. Yeah, COVID. COVID took a toll, man. For sure. On the entertainment industry, and in the, in the sense of like, you know, non-show DJs, um, yeah. if, or you know, not like big uh, headline show DJs. Yeah, exactly. I'm to say. Um, so, like, you know, for everyone that's opening or trying to really push through the scene, like, it, it took a little bit of a of a step back. But, dude, everything is, you know. Back. firing on all cylinders right now yeah there's there's back. festivals on festivals i mean mm-hmm. we, we back baby we're, we're back, back. <laughs> shit's about shit we're is back. weird shit is weird again <laughs> shit is weird again let's get weird bro. i'm always fucking getting weird let me let me ask this and what do you Dude. if someone comes up to you and says hey man you're a dj you're just a glorified yeah. button pusher what do you say what would you oh, say oh man uh Dead Mouse said the same thing. So, like, what can I say? The the God of Gods, you know what I mean? <laughs> he said it himself. We are. He is a stable we are button pushers. I think. I think it makes a difference. I think the the thing that people haven't distinguished is like a DJ, like uh, like craze, like a dude who's just you know scratching over and over. 
versus a show DJ. Like, Elenium's not going to mix. Elenium's probably on Ableton, I would dare say. I think he's so. He's probably, you know, he's playing the song and he's performing the song live. Like, he's not mixing, you know, four tracks on each, on the four CDJs. So I do think DJs can be glorified button pushers, but there's there's an art form in it. If, I was going to say. If you really look. There's still an art to it. Like, you there's watch enough art. shit. Like, there's there's still, like, a complexity to it. It's like, all right. You say I'm a glorified button pusher. Go hop on the decks real quick. Go Dude, do it. Show me. Go do it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's just one of those things show where me. the argument is there. Yes, but same point. Right. Yeah, just show me. Go ahead and do it. You know what you're doing. Like you can't learn it in five minutes. Like there's still skill, especially when you're doing shit. Like you're doing is a live thing. You got to keep a vibe going. You got to keep people in the rhythm. You got to make sure moving. BPMs are matching up and shit like that. And um, you know, translating translating smoothly. I remember I was at a um, a Poly D. DJ Pauly D, Jersey Shore. Yo, Lo- throwback city. Dude, big time. <laughs> he came to Summerfest in Wisconsin, the biggest music festival in Wisconsin. Um, every year, he came He came to Summerfest one year. I was like, well, I'm going to go with DJ Pauly D for better or worse. It was a fucking <laughs> sick show. He was awesome. He did have, and it was like a, like a weird, almost weird, like noticeable, like one little slip up. And it happens. And um, like my buddy and I, because my other friend I was with was like, uh, you know, loves that scene. And we both kind of yeah. looked at each other the same things like, you noticed. Was that, uh, I was fine, right? <laughs> the look. You're like, eh? Was that? Eh? The meme, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I got um, you. Yeah, exactly. No, but you notice when you're, yeah, when you're, but then I, I do that too. And I look at my like non-EDM friends. I'm like, did you, did you hear that? Because I definitely heard that. So I, <laughs> it's a weird thing, man. Um, In terms of your music though, like, mm-hmm. so you're DJing. Do you ever, do you ever drop in your own tracks? I'm assuming. So it's a tough one. It's, I think, I think that's another big thing that's, that's tough for the scene is people, um, distinguishing when to promote their music and when not to, right? So like a DJ Mm. set is essentially your opportunity to, to promote your own stuff. But like, if I get booked for, I, I don't know, a dubstep guys, uh, to open for a dubstep guy, for instance, and I'm a house dude and, and the whole lineup is dubstep guys, like, I'm not going to play like I might try to incorporate. I think the best way is to try to incorporate your music in a way that still plays off of those genres. But I don't know. It just depends. So some shows I've been able to play my stuff and that's when you have the most fun. Yeah. But other times when you're the opener and, and the crowd is, you know, you got to get the crowd going for someone else. You got to have the skill set like we were talking about to, to build up people's energy from nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to build when you're throwing them songs that they don't know. Yeah. You know, so it really depends. It depends if it's if it's your own show. Absolutely. And I always throw in, you know, the the popular ones, because that's just my uh, as a DJ, as a DJ before a producer. That's what I look for is how can I get the crowd engaged? Yeah. And then comes the producer aspect. Okay, now that I've got you pay attention to this part. Like Mm -hmm. that's when, you know, that's when you capitalize. So do you find I think because I liked personally making kind of similar future basey ish type stuff. Back in the day, mm. once upon a time, um, is it <laughs> is it hard to translate that that genre to a DJ scene? It's it's obviously like so like future based for context for maybe anyone who doesn't know. It's more like really emotional, punchy, wide synth. It's not like your like let's fucking rage type techno. It's like yeah. a lot more emotional, like almost a storytelling throughout it, where it's like it takes you off into a journey, and then you just get lost in these just like heavy everything's fucking heavy about it. So it's like less clubby ish. So do you find like it's hard to translate that music without making like edits to the drop or how you're approaching a a build or something like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, 
a lot of it is i think you made a good point it's one of those genres that not that it doesn't translate as well into the club scene but i mean i could see house and techno you know playing for six hours at space miami or something i couldn't see future bass for like six hours you know what i mean like as much as i love that stuff like it's 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 made for the festival speakers is yeah you know very corny as that sounds but that's that's the goal right you're thinking of like massive crowds and it's not that house doesn't but you could play you know a 3 a.m set with the homies Mm -hmm. after a party in your living room with some house music and you can still do it with some future bass Mm -hmm. and, and fucking you know go in but I agree. It's it's more of uh, you're with all your friends at a big festival, and and that's that's the target. So it does make it challenging okay. when you when you want to DJ at a club. Um, but for shows, it's great. I mean, shit, you get a show and everyone's into it, and then you put in some like emotional big sense. That's yeah, that's what we're here for. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, so then as a DJ, obviously it's so not totally don't your genre that you primarily make, and you know the DJ scene don't exactly line up perfectly. Um, right. So what made you go future bass? I mean, maybe you just like have a passion for both. Like, so why not make like techno music if you're going to also DJ? That's a really good point. So um, I guess it depends on the song, right? Some of the songs like Not Alone, for instance, is a song that's very emotionally driven. doesn't have a lot of kicks per se. Like it doesn't have a, a beat mm-hmm. uh, for a couple bars. And so that's definitely more of like a passive listening or at a big festival experience, right? Mm-hmm. But um, some other songs, like it's not that I would go in with the intent of making the song commercially danceable, but I mean, I definitely have some heavier synth stuff more towards like color based type, like dubstep type stuff that translates better in the heavier scene. It's definitely a little bit of hmm. clubs. So I, I don't limit myself exactly to future bass, but I like yeah. in my head when I'm making the song and it's really emotional, I'm like, damn, I kind of want to give this a groove and figure out how to make this really, really push, not just on an emotional level, but on like, uh, you know, cause rhythm is what gets you moving more mm-hmm. so than, than melody. It's, it's, it's the baseline. That's if we're, if we're really talking about what moves people, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, finding, Finding a way to add groove to your tracks, um, especially if they're emotionally charged, you know, finding a way to, like we talked about earlier, make it loud and wide, but also something that you can play on speakers and people will just jam to all night. Hell yeah. I, I, like, <laughs> I love that mindset. It's like almost the exact same mindset I have because I love future bases was my favorite thing to create, but I always yeah. had the back of my mind is like, well, how do I, like, if I ever wanted to like take this or like hope it got picked up by a DJ, like. How could I make it so where like they would want to pick it up or could plug it in type of shit? Or like even I, if I ever right. want to pick that up, how could I? So I always had that in the back of my mind when I was producing a track. How can I make this like enough of a vibe to be like club applicable, but also like it's it's what I want. It's what I like. I'm not trying to like tailor my music to be something that's not me type of thing. That's a really good point. Yeah, because you want to you want to keep it as original as you can. Like we don't none of us want to you know sell out. But at the same time, we're all making music and the whole point obviously is, is to dance to it mm-hmm. so Facts. uh well not all music but the stuff that we're making dance fucking electronic dance music if you're not dancing it's not edm it's, i guess literally, so. it's just em and that shit sucks <laughs> it does, it's em bro <laughs> that shit sucks so yeah no if you're i i agree i think that like i mean most of what i make comes you know straight from emotion it, it's like where does today's melody lead based on how today felt Mm -hmm. and 
and you don't want to compromise that by going in and saying, okay, how do I get this to sell or how do I get this to play? But at the same time, like you said, like it's dance music. So you got to make, you got to make it happen, man. You got to make it happen. I mean, that kind of, that, that, that sparks a thought then. So when you're putting a track together, what, what for you is kind of like the most important thing for you to either make sure it's in there or as you're just, you're going along the track, you know, there's obviously the, the beginning, the middle, the end. Like what's mm-hmm. the most important part to you as you're building a track, you're creating a new song um, that you just like, maybe it's just a you thing that this is what you want in your music, but like, what's something for you? Like every track, this is it. I mm-hmm. need this to happen. I think um, I learned early on from, I, had a, I got really lucky when I first mentors was Proto-Hype, which is super dope dubstep guy, uh, kind of a legend, but he, um, he, I just realized that you have to have like a quality check more so than a really good drop which comes with a quality check more so than, you know, a, a catchy motif. You got to have something in the back of your mind that says like, okay, wait, like, can I take myself out of these ears that have heard this? And mm-hmm. is this something that, again, not that would sell, but is it, does it uh, portray the emotion that I want it to portray? Does this have the feeling that, that I want it to? And a lot of times that's why people have, you know, 40 or 50, uh, work in progress is you got the whips all the way charged up on the computer and it's just because you exactly it's not good but at the same time a lot of that is just subconsciously saying like this was a cool idea but it's it it could be better or maybe here's another idea that that is more that people can connect with better you know something that's more relatable essentially absolutely yeah my ableton was loaded up with bullshit (laughs) with like (laughs) oh just just 20 seconds of this is an idea maybe i'll come back to it type absolutely exactly no and that's and you go back to the good ones you have so and in terms of what's the most important i guess it's a cheesy answer because not a particular part of the song but but i think the most important is reaching a point where you're like okay like this is a good song that I feel like people need to hear and like, this is an idea that I really need to work on to be able to express the emotions that I want it to. At least that's where my music comes from. I mean, as, from an artist perspective. Yeah. That's, it's, that's, that's the beauty of that's music. The goal. It, it's the beauty of music. <laughs> it's an expression and extension of yourself. And if you're not exactly. doing that, like what the hell are you even making me at this point? It seems like you're just wasting your time and resources. If your, exactly. if your music isn't just like, you if it's not an extension of yourself that's the art of music that is like such a beautiful thing which makes music so kick-ass it's just like absolutely you start seeing the artist not seeing you hear you're hearing the artist you're just hearing them you make a good point that's and and that's honestly that's why people are always like oh well i want the old drake or i want the old i don't know insert any artist because it's like you have associated that sound and that connection with that type of artist so once they start you know, going back to the compromising or selling out, you know, once you start losing the vision of what got you there in the first place, then people notice it. People are like, you know, you had it before. Mm-hmm. So what's going on now? Like you, at some point you have to look at your music and be like, yes, this is on par with not that it has to be the same style, but this is the quality that I, as an artist give, you know, and that's, that's the consistency you go for, I guess. And you're right. So where do you rate yeah. Drake's album, last album, compared to his one before it? Uh, dude, I'm a Drake simp, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. So you like the two uh, albums ago simp. more than this last one with 21 Savage. I I don't hate on 21. Um, I like Drake more than 21, but I this last album had some 
singing Drake, and I like singing Drake, so I thought it was pretty good. Singing Drake's all right. I just, I just fucking love like I can put Drake on in the head, in the gym. Drake, like when I can get like yeah. Drake hyping me the fuck up. That's like my favorite Drake is hype Drake. But I respect the singing Drake too. I mean, he's all right. Yeah, he, he's all right. I can't. <laughs> but see, that's what I was saying. The old Drake. I'm like, dang, I want the old Drake. The new Drake raps too much. But I'm like, well, I mean, I just connected with. Yeah. Broken Drake. It's like Mac Miller. I, I, I connected with pre fucking Ariana Grande fucking Mac yeah. Miller. And then as Dude. much as I love his like, you know, it, I, no, I RIP, agree. like I never got to see him live. It's my fucking biggest regret in life. Oh, like, dude. As much as I either. love his, <sighs> not for him, I don't <laughs> love it, but like his music after all the shit and then he was mm-hmm. clearly going down a bad road. Yeah. It was a very different Mac Miller, but it was still different. a good Mac Miller. It was good, yeah, but it was it was different, and you can tell the the not that the message changed, but the for him, like the 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 source of inspiration. That's what I realized the most with artists. I'm like, you can tell sometimes when they get big, you're like, why was their stuff so good when they were smaller? It's because that like fountain of inspiration comes from a, a deeper place than mm-hmm. you know what all the fame and all the extra crap like filters out once you once you're you know dealing with all that shit on a daily basis you're, so no i think it's you're 100 yeah. right and i want to look up the name of this person i was just listening to who had a great point on that steven steven pressfield um okay he wrote a book called the war of art break through the blocks and win your inner creative battles um he was kind of talking about in that book and then on this podcast talking about the separation between ego and self ego obviously being like you 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 know ego is you know you everything on the outside the self is like that creative inner artist instinct to like want to break through and punch out and that's like kind of what you see in an artist in their very early stage is like the the self coming through and kind of dominating the ego whereas you know the ego you know when those artists are blowing up and you start being like what happened to the old one that's the ego Again, ego always wants to win. Ego's the bad guy. The self is the good guy trying to break through, and it's the artist, like in their most pure form. Um, Absolutely, creativity. And that's and you hear it, right? That's that's when we're like, yo, like I can hear the I can hear the hurt in their voice, or I can mm. hear I can you really feel it. And and absolutely, I think you made a really good point. Ego is is I heard once ego is like a filter, right? It's 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 you perceive things through the filter of, well, what is society going to think? What do I think of this? How do, you know, how do I believe this is going to be judged? And these are all things that we subconsciously keep in the back of our minds while we're making, you know, the drum beat or while we're building a drop, it all factors in. So it's, it's finding out how to, you know, block out the noise and really focus on the things that make your music yours, I guess, in a sense, which is kind of corny, but you know, that's, that's what makes music good. It is. You're you're 100 right, and um, on the topic of good music, you you remixed Neo. Um, it was did. one of those songs I don't think you can release on Spotify without obviously you know Neo Neo being cool with it. Which you know, good luck getting in touch with Neo. I yeah. Suppose. So yeah, uh, it was a cool fucking song. You remixed Closer by Neo. Obviously, now that I know you're a Drake simp, this this one makes more sense. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> this is why the we R&B do this. Route. This is why we do this fucking podcast to figure this shit out. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm exposed. And, and, uh, oh, cool. <laughs> it was a cool song. And my favorite part about this song is you kind of you you, you hit us with the like the double T's where your, your build up is like, you get to the top of the build and you're ready for the drop. And then you go like, no, just a little bit back down. And then you just lead back up yeah. into the actual drop. So like, you didn't get the drop when you thought you were going to get it. 
And I love when artists do it because it's unexpected as fuck and kind of makes me mad. It's a fucking it's a, tease. It's a tease, man. And it <laughs> makes me tease. mad. But if like, you can follow up with a good drop, I get <laughs> over and I can too. appreciate what you did there. That's true. And it was a good drop. So I'm over it. I appreciate it. That's a good point. If the te- Yeah, that's a good point. Because if the drop is ass after after the tease, that's fucked up, man. That's like... It's fucked up. You, you, <laughs> you blue balls their track, bro. That's messed up, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's tough. Um, so... I, so but yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate the kind words on Closer. Yeah. It, it was an interesting, dude, music is so interesting. Some tracks, Not Alone, took me, that wasn't a track that we were going to finish. That was a song that I sent to Lockbox. And, you know, it's one of those fun things we came back around to later. And I was like, yo, like, I'm just, I'm feeling this song. Let me work on it. Are you down to finish? And, and it worked. Closer, that was over the course of a couple months. Closer, I woke up on a Saturday and I guess I like dreamed about the song or so. You sometimes you just wake up with music in your head. I don't know if that's a me thing, no, but, or an ADD thing, <laughs> or probably both. I don't know. <laughs> you wake up and it's playing, and I'm like, all right, here we go. So closer kind of just came together in like a weekend, and that was fastest I've ever made a track, and, and it just worked. You know, sometimes it just flows, and mm-hmm. you got to capitalize when it flows. You're 100. It, the amount it's of times I flowing. The amount of times I took straight to the computer when I heard a song and then my dumb brain starts remixing it in my head and I'm like, oh my God, I need to get, I need to like bring up my phone and start recording. The source. Like, like to, <laughs> some dumb shit to remember that. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, you, yeah, you gotta, you, you're absolutely right. I mean, you gotta, you're, you're trying to find the, the source from where it came from and, and replicating that as best as you can is tough. It is. But, but you, and you, you know. took, and you took two years off from releasing a single. I did. Allegedly. I did. It's facts. I, yeah, I took two years. I released a track uh, while I was at Icon Collective, and um, it was a school out in L.A., a music production school. And then I paused for a little bit, wanted to regroup, and then this year's been pretty good. We've had a couple remix, a couple that are in the vault. That were just so fucking slap. ground running. So I, that's Thank what you. I mean. I was, I was I was curious. I was, I was curious why the why the break was it was it's just, it sounds like it was a regroup. Uh, just get your shit it together. was a, kind of a, a, kind of a regroup, kind of like the quality check, right? Like I I felt like you know the songs I was making at the time I liked, but I didn't like them as much as I felt they would be later. It's almost like a peer into the future and saying, hey, like this is. And I heard Trevecta talk about this once. This is a really good idea, but I'm just not there where I want to be to make this track. And so sometimes you come back around to it, like not alone. You come back to it months later and you're like, and it just works. Like not alone. For instance, we made the first drop the week that, uh, lockbox released the original track still here, which, um, is what not alone is based off of. And the second, the first drop was special, but we didn't, have anything else for the second one and I, I felt like you could just tell there was something there but you're like you know you're, you're trying stuff out and some stuff's not working you're like all right well not that you should abandon projects by by any means finish your stuff guys finish finish your projects <laughs> but <laughs> i came back to it months later and i was just in the right space for it like i just mentally emotionally i was just like all right like i, I can hear the song now whereas before i couldn't hear it you know, up here as much mm-hmm. as I wanted to. 
Maybe so, you heard it too much. Maybe that's a good point. You, ear fatigue, man. Just I, th- <laughs> I, th- I think most of my unfinished tracks were because of ear fatigue, and I tried to be way too much of a fucking perfectionist. Where perfectionism. it absolutely it ruined it ruined me <clears throat> mentally. It ruined the track for me, and I never came back to it. It it, should, it it's hard. You're playing with your mind. It is, dude. Being it's, a perfectionist it's, is tough. It, it's you against yourself, and, mm-hmm. and the craziest thing is that we all do it because we 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 all hear some melody in our head that we're like, this would sound dope, and I want other people to hear it, you know. So like, when you go from that initial idea of like, this is something really cool, and I want to share it with other people, and then you go through the process, it, it can be dwindling because you you start like you said, you start losing uh, sight of like the path. Sometimes sometimes it's hard to develop the idea that you want mm-hmm. but um but no i think yeah no following following the idea from where, where it came from i think is probably the best piece of advice that i could give someone like if you hear that melody follow that me- as corny as it sounds follow the fucking melody <laughs> like, it's not corny like, i mean like it's, it's the it, thing is like if I mean, it was corny we, everyone wouldn't agree like everyone agrees and it's, that's it's true facts. it's true and it's people need to fucking hear it i need and to hear I, it Dude, and, and that's the thing. Like, and I and I, I noticed that in my own music. I'm like, this was a cool guitar idea, and I started building all these other worlds around it. But in essence, what really had me moving was that one thing. So, how can I still feel that way and help others through sound realize, you know, what I'm trying to to say, what I'm trying to get out? Yeah. So, was there a specific artist that got you to that point? Was there something you heard uh, that inspired your first sit? Like, I I know for me, I heard Vanek one day. And he's he's got a very his melodic synths they're very they cut through and I was they're like, good. fucking that was cool. They're I good. would love to try to make that. And I my started strictly based off trying to copy his sound. I'll, I admit it. I don't care. That's where I got my start. What inspired me, and I tried to just build from there. But like, what for you was like? Did you hear something? Did you hear somebody where it's like, wow, I wanna? It inspired you to get after it. My um, I guess the first. The, the way I was put on to EDM was I was at a club in Spain in like Ooh. 2012 Ooh. at the time. Uh, I didn't even know what EDM was. And I heard, <laughs> uh, <laughs> had no idea. And I heard Astronomia, which is the Tony, the, you know, the meme of like the, the guys with the, with the coffin and it goes, da, 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 Oh yeah. Da, da, okay. da, yeah. Of course. Da, da. Yeah. Heard, yeah. Of course. So I heard that song like in 2012 and I sprinted to the DJ booth. I'm like, yo, what the fuck are you playing right now? Cause what <laughs> this shit slaps? Like, what is this? I had no idea. I listened to like bass hunter back in middle school, but I still didn't even know what EDM was then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the dude told me it was a Tiesto track, which was not true, but that put oh. me on a Tiesto, <laughs> put me on a Tiesto and, and, from the get-go, it was like Big Room House. I was like, this is what dance music is about. And um, I had a friend who told me about a Porter Robinson's Worlds album, the year that it came out. Probably around, I don't know if that was 2014, probably around that time. Old Porter fucking old is cool. Dude, Old Porter. Cool. And you can probably, that's what people tell me my music sounds the most like, because that's what I listen to the most is Porter, for sure. But um when I was introduced to Porter, I was on the Hardwell, like, big room house vibe. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this isn't it, bro. Like, this is too soft for me. <laughs> like, I just got into EDM. We're fucking fist pumping like Pauly D on Jersey Shore on a sure. daily basis. We wake up fist sure. pumping, you know what I mean? So, like, sure. <laughs> I'm playing hard style at, like, 8 a.m. in the morning trying to wake up. 
Uh, that's the Europe vibe, but but no, like <laughs> or said techno I, was just caffeine in music form. Dude, yes, I I lived in Europe at the time, so that's what I was just in, injecting was just <laughs> <laughs> European dance. Sign me but, up for the fucking uh, the IV of just drip drip of techno all day long, yeah, all not? day and all night. But then um, when I moved back to the U.S. Um, and I really started listening to Porter, and that's when things dance music like took a turn i was like okay this is more than just the energy and the vibe which was what uh attracted me to music in the beginning i was like this this can have depth and you can relate to tracks in a way that isn't just you know a dope drop you can be mm -hmm. like this is fucking wild like this mm -hmm. can bring me to tears or this can mm -hmm. you know or it can make you dance if if you don't feel it emotionally Mm -hmm. But it's just all around like quality, emotion first music, and so yeah. that's kind of when I started shifting because I was like, okay, that's kind of what brought me towards future bass. I could I could see there was more. I don't want to say emotion. All music has emotion, but mm -hmm. you know the chord progressions. The I know it's drawing me up. Well, talk, yeah. So so um, so once I got into Porter, things started changing. I'm like, music can be deep. It doesn't have to have, you know four on the floor beat and you can still make mm -hmm. some quality stuff even if it's not for the club people if it's good people will listen to it and that's all that matters yeah. you know yeah seven lines is another one that kind of comes to mind with your music that's a um, good one dude he's insane seven lines is good shit too um, he's insane but yeah no i i love that inspiration i completely forgot about porter like that kind of vibe was like <laughs> like, like old porter old and seven lines is like when i was first I was just talking to Cosmalia a few episodes ago, like mm -hmm. how she randomly met Skrillex before she ever fucking knew who Skrillex was. That's crazy. I, I, right. I started listening to Skrillex and I started listening when I found EDM it was Skrillex, old Skrillex, old Porter, old seven lions was kind of my foundation of what I thought of EDM at the first. So like, Jesus. I think maybe that's why future bases is like one of those things that has stuck with me for the long haul. Just, it was the first thing I heard. And I just love the emotion and the, the progressions that come with within that, that genre is just insane. It's intense. It is. I was going to say, you're kind of spoiled, man. You had some good, uh, some good influences <laughs> from the get go. I don't know. I mean, Hey, YouTube gave me what it gave me. So I got to shout That's out YouTube true. for no. the, uh, the suggestions. Right. <laughs> and honestly, um, and all those guys are still around, which is kind of crazy. I'm talking about like oh, 10 yeah. years ago, probably. So like, yeah, some OGs of the game. They're still just killing it. They're which still is, killing which it. is really cool. And it's because um, they don't compromise. They they sit, they shit, they, Porter doesn't care if he releases an album 10 years later, you know, Seven Lions is going to do whatever the fuck he wants. It's, it's, yep. as long as it's him, it's all that matters. To you retweet, you retweeted something about that. How like <laughs> these certain, like it's something about certain artists, like who don't compromise their sound. They just keep, they, they keep, um, like innovating. They, they just keep progressing along, but they're, they're not compromised. You had some retweet about it. I don't remember the specific artist you called out. Skrillex had to have been one of them. <laughs> Um, and I was like, damn, that's, that's so fucking true. Like, that's why they're just long haul. Like some artists from, you know, like Darude was huge. Obviously that was way long ago. No, yeah. Sandstorm, huge song. It's like, you yeah. don't really like hear Darude as like today type Switching. of thing. Yeah, no, agreed. And maybe, um, maybe it's, maybe I've aged Darude in a poor, maybe I just did bad by Darude, but like the timeline of his career. Prior, I think you're, I think you're doing Darude justice. I think we can leave him in the sandstorm era. He did fucking sandstorm, and he's got the greatest <laughs> song legend. maybe all time. So yes. it's like you have legend status. So I'm yeah. not trying to do dirty by doing No, no, no. <laughs> but no, I agree. And it's interesting you mentioned Skrillex because I'm a Skrillex. Everyone is a Skrillex simp. If you make music, Skrillex is 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 it. So 
You Daddy. make a good point. Yeah. Zaddy for sure with a capital Z. <laughs> but he and he discovered Porter and, and Zed and all those guys, which is even wilder, uh, more wild. But the Skrillex is a good point because that dude's doing what, like Latin beats? He's doing. He's got some. Yeah, he's got some like like different shit that I was like, oh, this is not normal Skrillex, but I kind of no. like it. Dude, like he's it. had everything. Like, I, I don't know what genre he hasn't touched up on. And and it's weird because he doesn't get, not it's weird that he doesn't get criticism, but, like, most artists, when they, you know, stray the path, people will fucking go, you know, first ones to jump down your throats are the fans. Um, so it's dope to see people like Skrillex just, not that you can hear Skrillex in the JB songs, but you can kind of tell, like, this was made by a really dope producer. You can tell it's... Absolutely. You know, a little different, a little shifty, but it's still catchy. It's still it still has that that allure to it. Um So so this this might be a good time to transition then into uh the, something I like to do with everyone. Um something very random. This this might be random, but since since we're kinda of talking about it, not as random, question will be. Okay. <laughs> what DJ or producer would you be willing no pay, no nothing? What DJ producer would you be willing to be an unpaid fanboy hype man for? Yeah, do I get to MC? Like, like. Oh, you could do the if you want. You can do that. You can you can call out. You can or you can just be standing next to the decks dancing. I saw that at a at a restaurant. Some guy was in there DJing and he had his hype man fucking standing next to him just gigging out the whole time. <laughs> and I, I was like, yo, I kind of want your buddy on the podcast one day. Dude. And he's just like, oh yeah, I'm his hype man. I was like. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> certified hype man. Who would I be a certified hype man for? I don't know, man, because if it's someone really good, like, I mean, think about it. If you're, if Skrillex is right next to you throwing down, you're supposed to be like, I'm front row watching his set, like, in front of his booth. If I'm his hype man, like, if everyone else is watching the show, I'm like, yo, I got to see what's going on behind the decks. So mm -hmm. if, uh, if I had to be a hype man, it'd have to be for someone... Uh, probably for one of the homies, probably for a friend or something. Someone okay, else, I'll I'll say Lockbox. That was a recent collab that we had. Lockbox, all right. Yeah, we had a big. Uh, we had some fun in LA, so that would be that would be tight. <laughs> get on the show and fucking throw down on the mic. I'll be an MC for a day. Hell yeah! Fuck yeah, do it for the buddies. Yeah. Like, yeah, I got you, bro. That's some that's some that's some bro love that we all that we all need a little. Absolutely, bit of. absolutely. That's cool. I, I thought you were gonna say a big name like Skrillex or something like yeah. I mean, who the fuck wouldn't? I was gonna like say maybe 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 not someone like Skrillex, but like Dude. someone who's like it's kind of sucks <laughs> that you're not paying me to be your hype man type no, thing. No, I agree. But like, I'm enjoying it. I agree. I agree. I just fuck man. I'll see all those guys for free any day. Like I, that's the thing. Like as a producer, we're all fans. We're all we're all fanboys of of the scene. You know, it's yep. it's we we love it all, and and that's what gets us into it, and which is why it's why I love seeing videos of like dead mouse in the crowd at like a engrosso show. I mean, that's an old video, but that shit's so hype. I'm like, yo, that's going to be me someday too. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Not even on the decks. I want to be the homie of the DJ that's in the front row that everyone is like, yo, that dude knows that guy. You're like, yes. <laughs> like, Let's go. Oh, yeah. We're hype as fuck. Let's go. Hell yeah. We're moshing front row. <laughs> I love that. And just doing some fucking people. squiggly dances. Dude. Doing some squiggly dance shit absolutely, for your boy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bonnie and Clyde, they're, they're, they're good ones that do that. Bonnie and Clyde have mad respect for because they go into their crowds after like every show or during, which oh, really? is crazy. Yeah. And, and 
they're they're a group of the people, I guess we could put it that way. So I mean, yeah, they're they're I big fan of their music. Yeah, they're so that, good. Don't worry, we we got we got some Zant next to some Bonnie and Clyde on the Audio Bistro <laughs> Seven Layers Since playlist. So you're on there with them. Oh yeah. We we got you on there. Speaking of um Alejandro, we were talking about this. Is are we gonna be able to you know, what do you what do you say about previewing a new song, an unreleased song coming up? Would you be down to share something with uh with me, with everybody? Dude, I would love to. Got a new you would one. Love to? Yeah, man, that would be awesome. I got a new one coming well, thank out. You. Yeah, with Sydney Grimm. It's called uh Bitter Winds. It's gonna be a good one. It's, Bitter Winds yeah. with Sydney Grimm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Well you got a, you got a plan track. for this release date or when do you think it's coming out? Uh, we're still working the, the behind the scenes stuff on a date, but, um, should be on, should be coming out on a cool label and, uh, Ooh. stay tuned for the date. We'll stay tuned. Fuck, for the yeah. Date. yeah. Well, okay. Bitter wins. Yeah. Yes, sir. Bitter wins. All right. Well, we're, we're going to drop in bitter wins, but, uh, Alejandro Zant, X A N T. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been it's fun, a great time talking to you, getting your getting your insight, your perspective on your career, music, everything. I, I've loved I've loved hearing about your journey, man. Dude, I appreciate you having me out here, man. It's been fun. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, everyone. Go follow Zant. Uh, what, what's your? You want to share your Twitter? Yeah, your Instagram handle. Yeah, Zant Music maybe. Zant Music on everything. X A N T. Zant Music on everything. Go follow mm-hmm. him. Go hit him up. He's all over. He's got music on uh, the Seven Layer Since playlist for Audio Bistro. Maybe like three, four tracks, I think, are on there for, but, uh, of yours. So you can always be found on our channel. Um, just keep an eye out. But otherwise, thank you again. And now, let's kick it over. Bitter Wins? Let's do it. Bitter Wins. Let's kick it over to Bitter Wins. Bitter Wins.